0: ABC Listen, podcasts, radio, news, music, and more. It won't be long now till we all have to vote in a referendum on a voice to Parliament. There will be polling booths, we'll rock up at a
1: school, placards, democracy sausages, the whole bit. Yep, it'll feel like election day, but referendum day is a very big deal in itself. It's when we decide, all of us, to make a change to our constitution, which is the foundation. Of our democracy. It's like the rule book of a nation. Hi, I'm Carly Williams. I'm a Kondamuka
0: woman joining you from Gadigal land of the Eora nation.
1: And I'm Frank Kelly sitting alongside Carly here on Gadigal land. And this is the voice referendum explained.
0: constitutional change is a pretty... Dense topic. I keep chatting to people who say they still aren't really
1: sure what the voice is. Yeah, and we don't change the constitution lightly or often. In fact, the last attempt was 24 years ago on the republic.
0: And that was a
1: massive fail. It was a massive fail. And that's why Carly, the PM, says this is the one shot to get Indigenous recognition into the constitution. So we thought it'd be a good idea to explain what this one is all about. We'll bring you the facts and the fights, the questions, and the answers. And the answers, hopefully. In in this first episode, we're going to start with the basics. What are we voting for? What will a voice actually do? And why is it important? So, Fran, where to start? Well, I reckon we should start with the question that we're going to be voting
2: on. The question that Australians will be asked at this year's referendum is a very simple one. It will read, a proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve this proposed alteration? That's the question before the Australian people. Nothing more, but nothing less.
0: So that's the question, Fran. Where did this come from? Because the PM didn't just cook this up on his own, right?
1: No, the, the notion of constitutional recognition has been around in the political realm for a while now. In fact, every PM since John Howard has supported constitutional recognition. In fact, John Howard, when he championed it in 1999, that surprised a few people. Mm. And his idea was to put it into the preamble, or to create a preamble to our constitution, sort of like an introduction to the constitution.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Senator Ridgway and I have decided to call this uh, joint press conference to make a joint appeal to the Australian people to vote yes to the preamble on Saturday. And the fact that the two of us uh, have come together symbolises the value of the preamble as a uniting element in constitutional debate in Australia.
1: Not surprisingly, I suppose, a lot of Indigenous Australians weren't really impressed by being an add-on to the constitution. Mm, Weren't fans. And they weren't particularly impressed by the words you came up with. So that was put to a referendum in 1999 and Australia said no.
0: But it goes back even further than that. For about the last hundred years, Indigenous people have asked for some sort of recognition. I think it's about acknowledging that us mob were first here, that This land was inhabited when Captain Cook claimed it for the king.
1: Yeah, it's all about putting the terra nullius myth to bed, right?
0: Exactly, terra nullius, this idea that nobody was here when the British first arrived and that obviously wasn't true. Terra nullius literally means nobody's land and it's this lie that so many of our laws and policies and cultural tensions have sprung from.
1: Yeah, and I guess, Carly, if the law says that you weren't here, then it's not surprising that you weren't listened to, if you know what I mean. So that's why we've got the voice now. It's come up as a mechanism for government to listen to the people who were here first.
0: But there are two issues here rolled into the one referendum question. The first is constitutional recognition for Indigenous Australians and plenty of people are on board with that. The second is the idea of a voice, which would be an advisory body to government because constitutional recognition on its own, many Indigenous people say, is kind of like an empty symbol. It doesn't go far enough. So people want the voice to be a mechanism to get us out of this intergenerational disadvantage that many mob face and actually close the gaps because, Fran, it's pretty wild that my life expectancy is eight years less than yours.
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's actually pretty shocking, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be changing. That's despite all the effort, all the closing the gap strategy and all the money. In fact, all the years we've had closing the gap, some of the indicators have actually gone backwards, Carly. I mean, young Indigenous Australians are being locked up in even higher numbers. Suicide Suicide rates, rates are going up. These are key indicators and they're going the wrong direction. Mm.
0: So supporters of the referendum argue that a voice would help the federal government make better decisions and policies and help close those gaps. First Nations barrister Tony McAvoy is one of them.
2: Well, hopefully it'll give the various uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities around the country the opportunity to have direct input into the laws and decisions which affect our daily lives.
0: And we know that when First Nations people have a direct say into decisions that affect them, we thrive. And that's the definition of self-determination. But people still want to know... How would this voice work and what kinds of issues would it
1: be advising on? That's right, Carly. I still want to know that. Tony McAvoy is firmly in the yes camp, but he's also Australia's first Indigenous senior counsel, an experienced barrister, and he was on the referendum working group. So I thought he'd be a good person to ask about the kinds of things the voice could advise on.
2: One of the ones that I like to point people to is the superannuation legislation and the fact that it has been known for a long time that Aboriginal people do not have the life expectancy of the rest of the community. And and I know personally about many people, including people in my own family, who have died before they've been able to retire. And so it's a common thing in the Aboriginal community that people work all their lives and never get to retire. And we should have in this country a conversation about whether the superannuation should be legislation should be amended to allow us to access our superannuation earlier. The voice cannot tell the government what to do. It cannot tell the government that it must do this. But it can say, let's have this discussion and you make the decision.
1: That was so interesting to me, Carly. I'd never thought about the shorter life expectancy of Indigenous Australians in terms of are they living long enough to enjoy their superannuation, Mm. for instance. Mm. That's a pretty straight up and down equity issue right there, isn't it? But unless it's pointed out to policymakers, it just might not occur to anyone.
0: Absolutely. So that's the sort of thing the voice could look at. But what will a voice actually look like and how will it work? One of the things we want to do with this podcast is look at people's questions. And a lot of people are saying, we want to know more detail. So Fran, what do we know?
1: Yeah, people want more detail. We're hearing that all the time. We do know a fair bit. There are, for instance, eight design principles that the Indigenous Referendum Working Group have come up with and they spell out some broad elements of of what the voice, the body would look like and and what it would do. For instance, it'll be representative, of course, of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, It'll be gender balanced. It'll include youth, but it won't run programs. It won't be giving out grants for instance. It'll also be chosen by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. There's also
0: this report that was commissioned by the coalition and it was co-authored by Marcia Langton and Tom Karma to prominent Indigenous academics and they did a lot of consultation and they've come up with a potential model. Now, this is just a blueprint. The government hasn't made the decision to use this model yet, but it goes into specifics about how the voice could work. For instance, it would be made up of local and regional voices and then a national voice.
1: And that's important because that's one of the big sort of political arguments that, you know, will this voice just be elitist? Yeah, the Carmelangton the mm-hmm. model, which, as you say, is, is not really agreed on by government or by Indigenous Australians yet really, um, but it also says that there'd be uh, 24 members on the voice, the national voice, which would be two represented from each state and territory, then five from remote communities, three from Torres Strait. Then there would be, as you say, local and regional voices. Each one of those would be designed and run by the communities they represent and then they feed up into the national voice. That sounds like a lot of detail. But people are still asking questions about
0: how will these people that sit on the voice advisory body, how will they be selected or elected? And that has drawn some criticism even from mob and some Indigenous Australians, prominent Indigenous Australians, are leading the No campaign.
2: My concern is they're treating Aboriginals as a whole, you know, huge group. We think the same, we we act the same, we do the same things. In actual fact, I said that they should be actually recognised in those Aboriginal nations because under the under the under the laws now they do. Mm. There's nothing you can do on Aboriginal land without uh, consulting, negotiating, and doing things now what, you're going to put another layer on top of that of bureaucrats? And this is the big problem I have with it.
0: That's Warren Mundine. So, of course, uh, there are many views among Indigenous Australians about The Voice. And when I travel around Australia and talk to people in community, there is a big range of views.
2: I'm voting yes because I believe we need to be the people on the ground, not our academics, not our politicians. Politicians make decisions on party lines. So, if we don't need that we need people's opinion proper opinions that count and that's why i'm voting yes if we can get two feet in the door and have that door widen well we're a chance Um, i won't be voting the voice is probably not
0: right as far as advocating for everybody in you know every indigenous person in australia and we just need to talk a little bit more about that come together a little bit more and We need to be able to have that control and that say of what we do and how we do it. And I I don't feel like the
2: voice is gonna be the right thing for it because it's more political.
1: The question facing us now is, we were counted in 1967, and now we need to complete the story. Now we just need to get us into the Constitution. So the question is, should we include Aboriginal people in the Constitution? Yes or no? My answer to that is yes. So some strong feelings both ways there, Carly. Um, you have been getting around talking to communities lately. The polls and the polls aren't much help really because they're pretty old by now too. But the polls have been suggesting very strong support for the voice in Indigenous communities. The PM always says above eighty percent. But is that what you found? And you've been moving around.
0: There's no simple answer. Many people uh, say they're united in their yes vote and then others in towns and communities are very happy to say that they're voting no. Others haven't made their decision yet. But what I'm finding is the public debate around the voice is causing strain on communities and even people within the same family. So people are feeling confusion and uncertainty and why wouldn't you? This debate has become so politicised. My question is to the Minister for Indigenous Australians. Would the voice have the power
1: to advise the government to abolish Australia Day? Minister, would the voice have the power to provide advice to the government on any program within the budget? Would the
0: voice be able to make representations to the Chief of the Defence Force on military acquisitions or the location or operation of military bases?
1: So those questions from the opposition, it should be said, were designed to highlight that we don't actually know what the voice would be advising on what the parameters of that are. The No campaign says that's a risk to government decision making. Jacinta Nambagimpa-Price is an LNP Senator. She's Indigenous and she's the leading No campaigner in the country. Australians aren't silly. They're not going to take a huge risk with our constitution. They know that the constitution belongs to all Australians, not just one group of Australians. And... Um, but a lot of Australians also want what's best for everybody, including uh, marginalised Indigenous Australians. And I think it's becoming very evident that the voice to Parliament isn't the way toward uh, solving some of our tough problems. That's LNP Senator Jacinta nambagimba Price. So I asked Tony McAvoy about that criticism in particular, about whether he sees the proposal as l- radical, legally radical and risky.
2: There is very little risk, and. Sometimes, when asked this question, I, I say to people, look, in the grand scheme of things, Aboriginal people in this country have had our languages taken, our culture oppressed, we've been subjected to massacres, we've been incarcerated on reserves, we've been subjected to discrimination and not being able to access proper medical or, or education. And what we're asking for at this point in the process of this country going forward is the right to uh, make a comment about things that might affect us. And it's such a such a modest ask in the context of the history of this country since the British arrival that, that the, the narrow-mindedness and the small-heartedness of people who, who want to defeat this is sometimes, uh, to me, quite stunning.
0: So that's a really key point Tony McAvoy is making here. The voice is an advisory body. It'll give advice to government, but government can ignore that advice. So the government doesn't have to take the advice from the voice. That's literally what the legislation says, and the parliament will
1: maintain a veto. And the other important thing to know is that come referendum day, you'll be voting yes or no, but that's not what gets written into the constitution. There'll also be some words on the referendum paper, 77 words, which are the words that would then, if Australia voted yes, be inserted into our constitution. So, this is the alteration word? Yeah, this is the change, the big change that we'll be voting There's on. There's
0: a few words there, but I think we need to hear them.
1: Okay. You want me to read them out? Take it away. Okay. It'll say one, there shall be a body to be called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice. Two, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice may make representations to the Parliament and the Executive Government of the Commonwealth on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And three, the Parliament shall, subject to the Constitution, have power to make laws with respect to matters relating to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, including the composition, functions, powers, and procedures.
0: Okay, so that's the alteration, but that has just said that the government can tinker with how the voice looks like over time, so that may change, but the voice as an advisory body, it's not Going anyway. If this referendum gets up, it's in the constitution. The government cannot give it the fluke.
1: That's the whole point. And that's it from us. Next episode, we'll look at how we got here and what is the Uluru Statement from the Heart.
0: This podcast is called The Voice Referendum Explained. Leave us a review and you can find us on ABC Listen app. But we're also filming this. If you want to see us in the flesh, check us out on iview. Just search The Voice Referendum Explained.
1: And who wouldn't want to see us in the flesh? See you, Carly. See you, Fran.